0: Welcome everybody, PeterPirate.com Nation. It's another rendition of a few extra bucks, a few extra takes on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Mike Neighbors. This is our, hard to believe, our 15th podcast. We started recently, but we've been rolling through training camp. We've started, of course, during OTAs and mini camp. First off, I'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Loots and Sea Dog Brewing Company. It's Treasure Island location on the beach and Clearwater. Great place, uh, great brews. Great food, great service. Let's check in with our voice of reason, our producer from Salt Lake City, Utah, Justin Thomas. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Can't wait for a yep. regular season to start. Getting close. Uh, now I got to bring in Roy Cummings, uh, my Buccaneer insider. And, and Roy, you know, we had our Jameis free podcast a few weeks ago when Jameis uh, was suspended uh, when the announcement came out. You know, I want to talk football, Roy, because really this is the most exciting time of the year for me or I think most sports fans, because we have so much to look forward to. I mean, it's the dress rehearsal this weekend for the Bucks and around the NFL. It's the most important preseason game. College football starts off next week, and then you have the NFL season. I don't want to talk about Urban Meyer. This will be an Urban Meyer-free podcast. Is that okay with you?
1: It works for me because uh, it's a Bucks podcast, and we don't have <laughs> to talk about Urban. That's that's for sure.
0: <laughs> okay, not not making light of anything, but boy, I just want to talk about football, and, and the Bucks have so much to talk about. Heading into their dress rehearsal, their third preseason game coming up Friday night against those Detroit Lions. And I think we have to start with the quarterbacks, Roy. I, I have a, have had kind of a, you know, I don't know, an awakening. I've had time to think about the quarterbacks. And I really think this should be the rotation. I don't think you're going to agree with me on this because we don't script these podcasts. But Fitzpatrick has to start. I would play him for a quarter and a half because he didn't have enough rhythm in Nashville. I would put Ryan Griffin in there with the ones for the second half, of the second quarter, and I would start Ryan Griffin in the second half. I would have Jameis Winston after that. And then I may play Jameis for a quarter in the fourth preseason game and then have Ryan Griffin after that. What do you think?
1: You know, I, I what you're saying makes some sense. Uh, and, and it's a theory and a, and a belief and a suggestion that's growing a lot of support and steam uh, simply because – uh, there's just a lot of people out there, and including Dirk Cutter and I think Jason Light and everybody else with the Buccaneers, who'd like to see what uh, Ryan Griffin could do with the ones. Um, you know, I would possibly consider starting Ryan Griffin and bringing yeah. in and doing it the other way. Yeah. Start Ryan Griffin, bring in Fitzpatrick afterwards. Give Griffin, I don't know, give him a quarter, and then give uh, then give Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, the second quarter. And let James start the third, uh, the second half. Let him do the third quarter, and then, you know, maybe go back to Ryan Griffin or something if you want. But um, uh, that way, everybody gets to, gets their work. I uh, see. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick needs that much work. Right. Um, I believe James Winston does just because he's going to be gone for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be tough. And um, you know, and so, you know, I would like to see that. Uh, the problem you have there is. You know, you do have to get a guy ready for the regular season, and he uh, didn't have that great – talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick – didn't have that great of a game last week. But you're right. I I mean, I think that's easily correctable when you're a player like Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I wouldn't mind seeing it because, look, I, I said it all through the summer, and I said it right up to the beginning of training camp where I was proved I was absolutely wrong and didn't know what the heck I was talking about. Which is rare. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah well, maybe not that rare. But my theory was why not have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Griffin – Compete for the starting job. I'm with you on that. You know, and I think a lot of people now are starting to say, wow, the way Ryan Griffin's played. Yeah, why not give him a chance? Why not give him a look? And that's what I was basically what I was, you know, suggesting way back was give this kid a shot, see what he can do with the ones. And let's see if he really is the answer, because these, these first three games are so important. So I'm with you on that. I would love to see an opportunity uh, for Ryan Griffin to play a little bit with the ones and see uh, how he can perform.
0: There's a couple things at play and and why I think we're both right, that Ryan Griffin should play in the first half. It's very well chronicled he's never taken a snap in an official NFL game, which is remarkable because this is his fifth season. He can play all these preseason games all he wants. He can practice during the preseason, regular season. you got to take snaps with the guys you may play with. If Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down, knock on wood, in Friday's game, and, Ryan, and Jameis Winston comes in, and Ryan Griffin all of a sudden is playing in the second half, that's a very odd situation for the Bucks because they've already said they're not going to go out and get that veteran backup. Now, that may change if Fitzpatrick gets hurt. But it just to me, you got to prepare. You have to get ready for that. And here's my other theory. Jameis Winston, Roy, I think his, has a huge chip on his shoulder right now. He's been demoted. He's had to, quote, lead from the rear, as Dirk Hutter said in the opening press conference. I think it's ticked him off. I think that's a big reason why he's played so well. Maybe we keep ticking Jameis Winston off and he'll play even better and better. And you know what? Part of it is, for me, he's going to be out the first three weeks. Is it really going to matter how much he plays in these next two preseason games? I mean, he's, then he's going to be out for three weeks. I think it matters more that Ryan Griffin gets time than Jameis Winston right
1: now. Well, you may not be wrong about that. Um, you know, I think what the Bucks are trying to do right now is they're trying to get a gauge of where uh, Jameis Winston is in a lot of ways. Where is he mentally? You know, is, is he focused? Uh, where That's is he physically? Is he in shape? Uh, is he taking it seriously? Uh, you know, is is he prepared for those three weeks off where he's going to have to be on his own? And finally, as he has he made or at least continued to play at the level? As he has he made a jump or continued to play at the level uh, he was at uh, last year at the end of the season when he had a solid ninety point or higher passer rating throughout the last five games. Completion percentage was up very high uh, was averaging, uh, you know, a couple two, three, four hundred two, you know, three, two, throughout 300 yards passing per game. He was doing really well and they want to see if that's continuing, if he's picked up, you know, where he left off, so to speak. And I think they are seeing that, um, you know, now this, the fear becomes, uh, you know, you don't want to see him get hurt, uh, you know, in a game. And, and so you do have to be very, uh, conscientious about that, but, you know, it's the same for everybody. You can't really go out there and play scared. You gotta, you gotta go out there and do the job uh, the way it's supposed to be done. And uh, you know, so we'll see where it goes. But I'm, I don't disagree with you on this count at all. I, I, I think it is at this point maybe more important for Ryan Griffin to get those snaps than Jameis Winston. <laughs>
0: We had a chance to catch up with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick after practice this week in our PewDiePirots.com exclusive one-on-one, and I had a chance to talk to him about a number of subjects. First off, I wanted to talk to him about fan overreaction, media overreaction in the preseason. He has a, a good game against the Miami Dolphins in the first preseason game. Didn't look so sharp in the second one in Nashville. Here's Ryan Fitzpatrick on preseason overreaction. Are you amazed the overreaction in preseason from one performance to another? I know social media plays a part in it, but it seems like week to week, uh, people get pretty high and low for, for games that don't count.
1: Yeah, it happens every year, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was, if, if you know, we paid too much attention to that. I don't know how many of us would still be in the league, but uh, it's, you know, I'm excited that the season couldn't get here fast enough. You
0: know, when you talk to him, Roy, and I know you've talked to him more than I have, you just feel calm all of a sudden he never gets rattled. And I I know part of it's being 35 part of it's being in the league for 13 years.
1: Now he just has that calming presence about him, doesn't he? He does. And I think that's just, that's, that's a veteran talking right there. That's, that's all that is, is a guy who's been there. He's been through it. He knows um, what his role is. He he knows how the preseason goes. He knows how, yes, there is overreaction to, to every uh, event, whether it's good or bad, every good play, every bad play. There's overreaction on each side, and uh, you know I think he um, I think he looks at it and says, "Look, I I know what I have to do to get ready. Um, I have my plan in place. If I just do what I'm supposed to do, I'm confident in my abilities. Anyway, I'm going to be just fine." And I and I think you know that that's a nice calming influence um, that this offense could use right now. I I think he's an important uh, uh, factor in that regard. I, I think that makes him a little bit more important than uh, he would be otherwise. And I think that's one of the good things about that. One of the good byproducts of the fact that he's going to start the first three games, he's going to help to calm this team down. We know that James Winston uh, easily gets hyped up yeah. and uh, maybe a little bit too hyped up uh, for games. And um, you know, maybe this is going to uh, help uh, calm this team, help them uh, uh, lay a good foundation right here at the start of the season. You can only hope. Yeah, you know,
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, seventh-round draft pick coming out in 2005. You made a good point. I don't know how much the preseason really means to him. It doesn't really mean nearly as much for, for him as Ryan Griffin, which is why I know we both feel he should play. But, you know, his comfort level with all the weapons in this offense, I had a chance to ask Ryan Fitzpatrick about that. There's more of a comfort level this camp than last camp. Obviously, another year under your belt, but you have to be excited about all you have to work with.
1: Yeah, we've got great talent, you know, but there's a lot of different things that go into being a good football team. So I think just being in it for another year, like I said, Deshaun being in it for another year, Chris Godwin being in it for another year, and everybody getting more comfortable with it, uh, hopefully we can see a big jump this year.
0: You can see the full interview on PeterPirates.com. The last, uh, another angle I wanted to touch on, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, and we've kind of touched on Roy so far on this podcast, is and you got to feel for dirt Cutter in a lot of ways. Not only does he rotate these guys for games, but he's had to rotate the reps during practice. You know, between obviously Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, Ryan Griffin. I talked to Fitzpatrick about that. The reps between you and Jameis and Ryan uh, with his suspension, how has that affected training camp more so than than what it
1: would be usually? Well, I've gotten more reps with the ones. I, I usually wouldn't really get many reps with the ones. So you know, we we worked it out to where we're kind of both getting to throw to some of those guys and. As the season nears here, I'll probably ramp up my reps a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's it's been nice to be able to get in the huddle with those guys and build a rapport.
0: I'll say this about Dirk Cutter, Roy. I think he's done a good job in practice with these quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I think he has. Um, now, as you said, not an easy position to be in. Uh, but at the end of the day, nobody feels sorry for you. But I think he's I think he has. I think he's done a good job. And, uh, you know, you would expect him to, or you should expect him to. Look, he's been around the league for – a dozen years now been a coordinator for 10 of those years head coach he knows how to do this he's probably been through situations similar to this and uh, it's really no different than uh, the situation you're in when when you end up uh, losing a quarterback in the middle of the season you know if, you, if he gets hurt or uh, something like that you got to make some changes and uh, uh, you know so it is something that uh, they have plenty of time to, to, to plan for it and I think they're executing the plan real well so yeah I think he's done a good job.
0: I'm going to play off two things you've said so far on this podcast. A, nobody's going to feel sorry for Dirk Cutter. And, yes, injuries can happen at any time. And the Bucks dodged a huge bullet this week because the injuries can't happen in practice. I mean, people say, you know, save this veteran. Don't put him in the preseason game. Well, they can happen in practice. And I was out there practice this week when Donovan Smith went down, and it didn't look good. And you've been around a long time, Roy. You know the drill with injuries. You've seen a guy walk off sometimes, and it doesn't look bad, and he's out for the year. And then you have Donovan Smith walking off, and it looks bad, and it looks to be a sprain, obviously, and he could be back for the opener against the New Orleans Saints. Um, I talked to DeMar Dotson this week. He just came back from a knee injury, played in Nashville, and he had this to say about the offensive line. And keep in mind, this was before Donovan Smith's injury, but a good breakdown from DeMar Dotson on this kind of revamped Bucks offensive line. How good can this offensive line be?
1: You know, we're we, we going to be as good as we, we allow ourselves to be. You know, we got um, – you know, Ali, who's a who's a, who's, a, who's a tremendous player. he's gonna be a good player in this league. You got Donovan over there that's continuing to get bottled, That should be a you know a, a player, a good player in this league a long time. You know, a good um, free agent transition um, acquisition and and um, Ryan that 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 brings a physicality to this to this um, offensive line that we need. And you know, a new guy at, at right guard with you know Kayla and Cap over there competing for it. You know, um, you know whoever take it. You know, it's going to be a a, a new thing for because neither one of them really never you know played right guard in their life, so it was a new position for both of them. But those guys over there competing, man, and um, you know Caleb just said today, man, he said man, I'm starting to get used to this this right guard thing. So, you know, we we the one thing that what we're going to do, and you can guarantee it, we're going to play physical and we're going to play hard.
0: Well, that was obviously before Caleb Benenock got injured this week, and he was referring to the right guard battle between Caleb Benenock and rookie Alex Kappa. Uh, if you log on to com, you will see uh, I make uh, Denar Dotson look like he's uh, eight foot two. He's a big, <laughs> big man. But Roy, let's talk about this offensive line. First of all, they dodged a huge bullet with Donovan Smith. That would have been disastrous for this football team. And, and Dirk Cutter must be thinking, you know, I get Dotson back and then I potentially is Donovan Smith. Well, that's the life of an NFL head coach, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, look, I know it all sounds like everybody's talking as if everything's going to be great and that. Donovan Smith's going to be okay. You know, I hear knee sprain and I don't, I I don't wipe the sweat off my brow and go, phew, you know, not at all. Um, Knee sprains are are tough and uh, you can hope that, uh, you know, it said two to four weeks he could miss week one. Uh, I know there's a belief that he can get back in that time, but you don't want to rush a guy, um, especially a a guy like Donovan Smith who's who who needs that mobility. And um, I mean, those legs are very important for him. So, uh, and in the position that he's in you know he's got to make a lot of different maneuvers so that knee's important so uh, you don't want to rush him back and uh, uh, I guess to me it's it makes to the last t- you know two preseason games one of the most important guys are going to be looking at is Mike Lipke the uh, the backup left tackle who's going to start now and um, you know uh, yes I hope you know for the buck's sake that Caleb Benenack is back and that uh, Donovan Smith is back but you can't help but think that, that, man, this is just another tough blow for this team. They've had a couple already. Charles Sims placed on IR today. Yep. Um, sure. You know, so there goes your third down back. You're, you're, you're looking at possibly starting the opening game without your left tackle, without your starting quarterback. Uh, what do they need Ryan Ronald guard? Jones
0: now, don't they? They need Ronald Jones to step up with uh, this injury.
1: Yes. You, you know, your you're, you're, uh, top uh, running back, uh, or not top running back, but the draft pick that you picked, uh, hoping to be possibly one of your top running backs hasn't really, uh, uh, lit, lit it on fire just yet. So, you know, there's some, there's some concerns here and, uh, you know, we've already talked before about the, the injuries on the defensive side. So injuries are already starting to take a little bit of a, uh, of a toll here on this team. You know, a lot can happen between now and the, uh, opening day of the season. A lot of these guys could get healthy and get back in time. That's what they're hoping for, but there's no guarantee there. So, uh, These are a couple of important weeks coming up, uh, primarily for those backups. You've got to watch them and see how they're doing.
0: You know, you and I are big baseball fans. We always like to use baseball analogies. When you talk about Donovan Smith, I mean, he was the Cal Ripken of the Bucs. He was the only player who played in every game last year, which is an amazing stat. He played in 48 straight games. He's been an Ironman at that left tackle spot. Uh, You know, DeMar Dotson told me something this week that was really interesting, and I know you agree with this, Roy, that – A big, big deal at training camp this year has been the addition and the fire that Jason Pierre-Paul has brought not only to the defensive line, but to the offensive line. They feel like they've had to step their game up because he brings it each and every day on the practice field and each and every rep. He talked after practice this week. And, you know, JPP's a fiery guy, but here was his, really his thoughts on what kind of a leader he is.
1: Everybody's different. Just because you have nine years in the game, and you know, down to a rookie, everybody's different. You know, we got to learn how to play with each other. And communication is a big T. i uh, I say T. But communication is a big key to the, uh, to the whole thing. I feel like without communication, like it, it's not going to work.
0: Communication is big for him, but he's not a big rah-rah guy either. This, These are his thoughts, Jason Pierre-Paul, on exactly what kind of leader he is. He, you can tell already, Roy, he's picked his spots. Apparently, in Nashville, he gave a speech to the team but that's not really what he's comfortable doing.
1: No, it's not. But, you know, I think we're talking about a guy who realizes he's got to play a bigger and a different role this season. Uh, and I think we're starting to see that. Um, he's had a couple of moments now where he's spoken to the team and, and, uh, you know, made some important, uh, you know, uh, points to them. I He's a very important guy. And, and I, and I think he, he realizes he's got to, he's just got to play better this year. And, I think we're going to see that. I really do. And we're already seeing it, uh, not just in practice, but in the preseason games. And uh, I think the the chemistry is developing. And I I think he sees himself, uh, sees the whole team. Uh, I, I think he sees his team being a contender. He knows that in order for that to happen, he's got to be at his best.
0: You know, Brinson Buckner, the new defensive line coach for the Bucks. what a fun guy to be around. You talk about a fiery guy. He is all that. I remember him getting on Gerald McCoy in offseason workouts. He, he gets on the veterans, the rookies, everybody, Vita Vea, all the way down the list. But he told me after practice this week, Brinson Buckner, that Jason Pierre-Paul, he's obviously gotten to know him well. Of course, he had the well-chronicled fireworks injury where it looked like he may have lost his career. But he told me, Brinson Buckner, that Jason Pierre-Paul after that grew a new appreciation for the game of football and maybe a new hunger. And you see that in this training camp. And he was already a good player, obviously, before that incident, Roy. But to have a guy who's even more passionate, that, that just made what Jason Light did this offseason more impressive. I mean, it's not a Chris Baker situation. And it was easy last offseason, I think, to get optimistic about a free agent because you don't know him that well. But to see Jason Pierre-Paul in this training camp And to now know that he even has a greater fire because of what's happened to him. A lot of guys would have moped or maybe given up, but that
1: says a lot about it. It does. And I I think another thing about Jason Pierre Paul is I think he realizes he's actually got a better shot at making the playoffs with the Buccaneers than he does uh, with the Giants. I think he feels fortunate to be here. Um, He's in a premier role. Um, I think he feels a little bit like he's back home because he went to USF. Um, I think he's obviously excited about the opportunity and excited about being a uh, you know, kind of a leader on this team. And uh, I think, despite, again, despite the fact that he's in now in the toughest division in, in football, I think he believes that he's got a better chance of making the playoffs with this team. And I think he's excited about it. And, uh, you know, look, as good as he's been in training camp workouts, he's been pretty strong in uh, the games as well, um, you know, with limited snaps and limited work, really, because the defense hadn't been out there a whole lot. But um, at the end of the day, I, hey, come the regular season, I think this guy can't wait to get going. And I think he's going to make a difference. I really think – I get the feeling we're watching him right now. He's going to be nothing short of, a, of the difference maker that the Bucks thought he'd be uh, when they picked him up.
0: And nobody's happier about that than Gerald
1: McCoy, right? Uh, you know it because this is what <laughs> Gerald McCoy's been waiting for. And I've said this before, Mike. This organization, uh, you know, not, not, not because they, they, they've been incompetent in the effort or anything like that. Uh, but they just—they failed to pick up the player that can really complement Gerald McCoy, and as a result, uh, for ten years now, this organization has all but wasted Gerald McCoy's uh, skill and ability. It's—it's they, they, it's gone to waste. Yeah, he is one of the premier players in the game, and his ability and what he's capable of doing has gone to waste. It's been horribly underappreciated by most of the fans in Tampa Bay, um, and, and it's unfortunate. But the Bucks have let that. Uh, let that talent go to waste because uh, with a player like that, uh, this team should have had a lot better pass rushes than it's had and, uh, and, you know, it's just unfortunate, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Before
0: we move away from Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin, I just want to make sure we have the other uh, soundbite when we talked to him this week about not leading by words, but he's more comfortable leading by actions.
1: I'll tell you when I got here, man, I'm not a vocal leader, uh, I lead by example. You know, by my play of football, and, and that's what I've been doing. You know, the more and more I do it, the better, the better I get. You know what I mean? Repetition. I just know, I just got to grind, man. Just keep going, keep going, man. And that's just me, period. It might be a bad day, but at the end of the day, I gotta find somebody that picked me up, or you know, just like I find somebody down, pick them up. Cause like I said, we all human, man.
0: And there's no doubt the Bucks need leaders like that. Uh, they haven't had, uh, you know, they've had some, but but not a guy quite like that in, in recent years. All right, we talked about the pass rush following uh, the Tennessee game, our podcast there. Roy, coming up in this dress rehearsal, let's talk defense first. What do you want to
1: see from this Bucks defense, especially the ones early? Well, we were just kind of talking about it. I want to I want to see the pass rush. We haven't really seen it, um, you know, be special yet. Uh, and, and I know that they're not showing a lot. They're not stunting much. They blitzed a little bit in the second half last week uh, when they had the, you know, second and third stringers in there. But I'd like to see that. You know, that frontline defense, uh, the Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, uh, Bo Allen, uh, obviously Gerald McCoy, Vinnie Curry. I want to see those guys get to the passer and take them down a couple of times. I want to see this unit show off what it's got. I want to see that. Um, I want to continue to see, you know, some of the good signs that we've seen from the secondary. I think the secondary, for the most part, has played pretty well. Uh, obviously, um, when we've seen them, uh, MJ Stewart has played well. We probably we may not see him this week, but – uh mj stewart has obviously played well um you know i'd like to see a little more carlton davis he's played well uh i'd like to see the you know the the safeties continue to play at the level they've played i think they've been pretty good um the linebackers have been strong so but more than anything i want to see that unit um i want to see that pass rush and the other thing continue to shut teams down in the red zone they've been pretty good there and i think if they can continue that um, they're going to feel confident going into the regular season about their ability to do it on a consistent basis.
0: Well, that's why you're the best, my friend, because speaking of the red zone, let's transition into the offense for this dress rehearsal for the Bucks on Friday night. I, I think they had some great moments, obviously, in Nashville. Um, they had some – when Jameis was in there and with Fitzpatrick in Miami. But to, you really need
1: to have a couple red zone
0: hits in this game, don't you, just to kind of get the, the rhythm going into the regular season?
1: Yeah, and you need to see him with the, uh, with the first team in there. And, and, and that means Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to be the guy for the first three weeks, and you'd like to see that confidence get developed as well, even if he's playing behind a makeshift offensive line. All the more reason to want to see that kind of success. Uh, the key to that, in my opinion, is the running game. And so that's the other thing as I want to I see not just in the red zone, but I want to see it throughout the game. I want to see that running game be a little bit better. I think Peyton Barber has been fine. Um, I don't think he's you know put it into fourth or fifth gear just yet, but uh, I know for a fact that we haven't seen what uh, this team wants to see out of Ronald Jones. And now that Charles Sims is uh, uh, going to miss time, for he's going to be out for the season. Now somebody's yeah. got an opportunity here to step up. So uh, there's a role out there to be won and a job to be won. I want to see how some guys go after that and see what happens here final
0: thing on the offense to me, yeah, you mentioned Ronald Jones, and I had a chance to talk to Peyton Barber. We're going to have the one-on-one I had with him on PeterPyrus.com next week. There's so much to like about Peyton Barber. I mean, a guy wasn't drafted and really has worked hard to get to this point. You know, it's it's really rare that uh, you have an athlete who's going to be a starting running back in the NFL who is as humble and appreciative as he is. But I talked to him about Ronald Jones, and you can see that he really feels for him in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of these guys were rookies at one time and may have had a bad couple of first preseason games. You can date back to Rondi Barber, but they bounce back and they have great careers. You can tell the chemistry between him and Ronald Jones appears to be very good, and I think that's healthy for this football team potentially moving forward.
1: Yeah, you know, one thing, but the thing about Peyton Barber is it's hard not to be humble. I mean... This is a guy who left Auburn a year earlier and knew that he was really taking a risk because he wasn't going to be a high draft In fact, He wasn't drafted at all, um, but he did it because his mother was was homeless. I mean, it, it doesn't get more more humble than that. When you decide I got to go to work for a living uh, so that I can get my mom, you know, off the street. When when you do that and you say, "Look, the only thing I know is football," so I got to go give that a shot. You're hungry, man, and and that hunger has uh, has really fueled him. And you, you combine that hunger with his talent, which was always pretty good anyway. Very overlooked uh, coming out of college because he didn't get a lot of work in college. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Bucks saw something in him. I've said this before. They, they've thought from the very beginning that he had uh, the potential to be a feature back. And uh, he's worked and built himself up into that role uh, where he can be a feature back. And uh, I think the Bucks are real anxious to see what he can do. There are a lot of people that thought, uh, you know, when it was obvious that, Doug Martin a year ago wasn't uh, certainly wasn't going to get the job done. Just hand it over to Peyton Barber. Bucks were a little hesitant, but they're not hesitant anymore. And um, the thing about uh, Ronald Jones is if if it doesn't click for him, the Bucks are going to be very happy handing that ball 25 times to a game to to Peyton Barber. So uh, a a kid that you really want to root for, you know, there's no doubt about that. That's, that's what Peyton Barber is. He's a kid you really want to root for.
0: Yeah. It's uh, you know, You talked about Jameis Winston's great stretch run last season. Well, a big part of that was the success of Peyton Barber. All right. Well, listen, we're going to wrap things up in our usual fashion with our three and out segment. And we have a little wrinkle this time, Roy Cummings. Okay. Retro game show type music <laughs> to get you in the flow there. What do you think, my, my friend? I like it. What, what game show is that from? It's clearly some kind of 70s show, right? That's Justin's uh, area. What do you think, Justin? Where, where'd you find that?
1: Oh, I can't give away my secret.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're okay copyright-wise, too. Okay, we, we said oh. this was a uh, Ohio State, uh, the current Ohio State suspended head coach free podcast, so I'm not going to mention the guy that used to coach at Florida currently in Columbus, Ohio. But I, I do want to bring a Bucks angle into that. When he was suspended, the current Ohio State interim coach is Ryan Day, and it's not Greg Shiano. Our first question in our three and out, which, of course, three questions and we're out of here. Our first one, is Greg Shiano ever going to be a head coach again, Roy Cummings?
1: <laughs> Man, that's a great question. Um, I think he will be. I He clearly had an opportunity – at Tennessee, uh, yeah. Tennessee went a little crazy over that. I, I don't think they bettered themselves. Uh, look, I think Greg Shano is a very good head coach. He's got a little bit different way of going about things than, than I would certainly do it, than a lot of others would. But in the football coaching uh, fraternity, a lot of people probably look at him and say, yeah, man, what, why does anybody have a problem with you know some of the things you do? I, I think he's a smart coach. Uh, he's a demanding coach. Um, I think he's a guy who's got to have um, probably more of a, uh, either young guys who are real hungry and uh, desperate to learn or veterans who understand that uh, what their role is and can handle a guy who's a little bit tougher on him So you probably have to have the right situation. He's probably not perfect. A uh, good fit with a young football team on, you know, that's growing. Um, yeah. But I think he might not be a bad coach for a team with a bunch of veterans. uh uh, a guy who just kind of needs to polish some things off, maybe on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's his expertise. I think he will become another he- head coach again. Probably not at the NFL level just yet, but he's still pretty young. Um, surprised he w- really was in the interim uh, at Ohio State with uh, what's his name gone. So, uh, But I think he's going to get the opportunity, and I think he'll do a good job with it. You know, I was yeah. always bigger on sheet. I was going to say, she-
0: gonna go ahead, say Bobby job. Petrino can get a job. I think Greg Schiano could get a job as a head coach. Yeah, of course. I agree. Well, the thing is he won at Rutgers and, and nobody's done that. And my my thing too is a lot of the stuff that Shiano did with the air conditioning in the building and toes on the line, you know, guys like Belichick and Coughlin have their idiosyncrasies. So does Sean Payton. But if you win, it doesn't matter. But if you lose they're going to pick you apart with that stuff.
1: But, you know, and I think- you know everybody and everybody mocks the toes on the line thing. And, and I understand why. But but, you know, there was a message there. The message was pay attention to detail, yeah. you know. And, you know, nobody pays more attention to detail than Bill Belichick. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and that that was the whole message. It was pay attention to detail. And by the way, the guy who mocked him the most, uh, you know, and the people who mocked him the most, uh, you know they're the ones who screwed up the most because they couldn't keep their toes on line because they couldn't pay attention to detail and yep. and that and, and you know so I, look I, I think the message message was fine it's just maybe he could have delivered it a little bit different way but uh but you're, but again that's one of the reasons I think he's a good head coach. Well, are we off on
0: a Sheano tangent right now in three and out. This is what I love about podcasts—you never know where we're going here. <laughs> it's possible. Keep talking. Yeah. I think he'll be a head coach too one day. And I, I was real surprised when he didn't get the interim tag in Columbus. Okay. Our second question in our three and we're out of here. A lot of, a lot of quarterbacks making it, making a comeback in the preseason, Roy. Uh, and who of these three do you think is going to have the best season? Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, or Carson Wentz?
1: Um, you know, I'll probably, I, I'll say Carson Wentz just because I think the team around him is very good. Uh, and, and I think that it's just he's set up for success more than the other guys. I think too much is on Andrew Luck's shoulders, and I'm not a believer just yet in Deshaun Watson. Um, run around guys, I don't know. They just – I worry about them. RG3. I, I like the drop back type. Um, I'll take uh, – yeah, I, I, I'll – yeah, that's how I like it, that, that, that route.
0: All right, you know, we'll make our predictions in a couple weeks because we still have time. But I, I got my Sports Illustrated today, and I saw they predicted the Falcons and the Steelers in the Super Bowl. How about that? Two teams that the Bucks will play. Actually, they play the Falcons twice. Bucks schedule is just brutal. Um, but I'm going to say Deshaun Watson. I just see something in him. I mean, I, I, you make a great point about quarterbacks like him um, that don't have success. But I see some Russell Wilson in him to some degree. And I think he could be better than Russell Wilson. In fact, I'm going to say it right now. I think in the uh, – it, the AFC is, is much weaker than the NFC. I, I'm gonna say I think Deshaun Watson could lead the Texans to a Super Bowl this year. Not maybe not win wow. it, but I think I think he could take them there. Wow! Because the defense with JJ Watt and Clowney was really coming together before Watt's injury. Watt's healthy. I think they have a good defense, and Deshaun Watson has some pretty good receivers too. Yeah, and some good yeah. cast there. That's my wildcard pick anyway. Right? now. Okay. Not not bad. Yeah, okay. We're recording, Justin. So if I'm wrong, you'll replay this later, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. We we'll always have fun in our final three and out question. And, and Roy Cummings, I'm not going to talk about the Bachelorette or the Bachelor, which I, I mean, you know, you told me you liked it like two weeks ago, and I'm still just, uh, you know, I, I thought I knew you pretty well, but, <laughs> but that's what I appreciate about you because you're a well-rounded guy. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it home. This is going to be a fastball right down the middle. Okay. Hey, I'm ready. I know you're a big Beatles fan. If you're just listening, Roy, Roy likes the Bachelorette, and he also likes the Beatles, and he likes the Bucks. Something about the letter B. I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah. But the Beatles, you're, you're an aficionado of the Beatles, and I know they're not all with us now, but let's just say they are with us. All of them are with us. In order, and you could have dinner with one, in order, who would you want to have dinner with the most, second, third, and fourth? How
1: about that? Uh, It would be uh, Paul, John... Ringo, and then George. Oh, Ringo's not last. No, uh, just because, look, the reason that is, look, uh, Paul is, uh, I, I, to, to me, that's a no-brainer. Uh, John Lennon, that would be incredible, obviously. Um, I'd want to go would with, buy, with Ringo just because he, he, he'd be so much fun. George Harrison wouldn't be as much fun, but he'd be very interesting. So if i got to pick an order, I'm going to go in that order. Paul, John, then Ringo, then George. Could Yoko come with John? What would you not. want? To... No, no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
0: not. We went on a Shiano tangent, and we said Yoko's not invited. You know what? I'll challenge any podcast in the country to uh, have the the range that we do on three and out. Right there. there can we kick out with the music, Justin? Sure. Can, can. we bring it back? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Another solid three and out by Roy Cummings. Never knows the question. <laughs> i figured you'd go mccartney and lennon but i thought ringo may be lost but i see your point there george was kind
1: of but i like to talk go ahead, it's no talk. disrespect to george because That's at right. the end of the day i think george harrison actually was the best after the beat when the beatles broke up i think george harrison's work was the best of any of them
0: yeah i'd like to get some traveling Mulberry stories oh out of george god yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> well listen my friend um I can't wait to see it on Friday night. This is our uh, few extra bucks podcast that debuts on Thursday night and you can enjoy it all day Friday, but we're going to have another one after the game on Friday, something we haven't done because the bucks have been on the road, uh, but we're going to rev it up a little bit, but uh, I'll see you after the game Friday. Uh, Another great job. I'll be there, my friend. Okay. Justin, any final words from you? I uh, just wondering, maybe with this uh, preseason game tomorrow, if there's any like position battles or any players we should be looking at.
1: I'll bring Roy back for that. Um, uh, well, uh, position battles. Yeah. I mean, there's still, uh, there's still jobs to be won. Um, I think, you know, most of them are, are, are backup positions more than anything at this point roster spots, um, but uh, players to watch. Absolutely. I, I mentioned one of them earlier, Mike Litke, the uh, left tackle, I'm not convinced that uh, Donovan Smith is back week one. Uh, I think that's important. The secondary is important. I'd like to see Brent Grimes play a little bit better this week. Um, you know, I want to see some of the other guys continue to play better. And, again, that D-line, I want to see him start, uh, you know, start getting a little bit of a rhythm. So, um, you know, uh, those are the guys I want to see the most. And, uh, uh, obviously, I want to see the quarterbacks continue to play well. And Ronald Jones. I think there's a, there's a lot. You know, I want to see Ronald Jones start to play with uh, – a little bit more uh, intensity. So um, plenty to see in this game for sure. Plenty to see.
0: I want to see Ryan Griffin
1: in the first half.
0: That's what I want yeah. to see. Ryan Griffin in the first half. So, well, listen, Roy, I'll say goodbye again, but uh, great job. And uh, we'll talk again after the game on Friday night. Sounds good, my man. All right. For uh, Roy Cummings, for the Voice of Reason, our producer, Justin Thomas, we appreciate our title sponsors, House of Brews and Lutz and Sea Dog Brewing Company in Treasure Island by the Beach, and Clearwater. I'm Mike Neighbors. Uh, Please subscribe to pewterpirates.com. It is free. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We have an exclusive one-on-one with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We have great one-on-ones. We have a segment called Got a Minute where we ask Buccaneer players as many questions as we can in a minute. And I will tell you this, Cam Brate had the record for answering the most questions, but we do have a Buccaneer next week who's going to break that record. And that, along with our rookie diary from MJ, MJ Stewart, Carlton Davis actually filled in this week because MJ Stewart was off-limits due to his injury. But we'll continue that during the regular season because I talked to MJ Stewart about that after practice this week. So a lot of good stuff on pewterpirates.com. So subscribe today. This is another rendition of A Few Extra Bucks. on Mike Neighbors. Thanks so much for tuning in.